This is Plant-Based Briefing, What Farm Subsidies Are and Why They Matter, Explained, Part 2, by Bjorn Olofsson at sentientmedia.org. And I'm your host, Marian Erickson. This is the Plant-Based Podcast, where I find articles of interest related to plant-based and vegan living, get permission, and read them to you here in about 10 minutes or less every weekday. And today's article is longer than that, so it's a two-parter. I read part one yesterday, and I'm reading part two today. So go back and listen to yesterday's first, and then jump back here for the second half. And now let's get to today's plant-based briefing. What Farm Subsidies Are and Why They Matter, Explained, Part 2, by Bjorn Olofsson at sentientmedia.org. What percentage of U.S. farms are subsidized? Over 600,000 U.S. farms are receiving federal subsidies, which is about 31.5% of all U.S. farms. These farms tend to be larger factory farms, not small family farms. How many subsidies do farmers get? Each farmer can only receive up to $125,000 in subsidies. However, many large farms are able to jump through loopholes and receive far more. Sometimes family members of farmers can file separately, or landowners and land renters can file for subsidy money in parallel. Are farm subsidies necessary? Farmers' lobbies often argue that subsidies are critical to keeping Americans well-fed. After all, farming is essential for our lives, and the government should protect the industry. However, these arguments fail to account for many factors. First, it's important to consider that the majority of these subsidies go towards big businesses, not struggling family farms. The majority of this money goes to business executives and investor profits, not to on-the-ground costs. Who benefits most from farm subsidies? Big farm corporations. Factory farm owners benefit the most from farm subsidies. By one estimate, two-thirds of farm subsidies went not to mom-and-pop farms, but to the top 10% mega-farming corporations. For example, Tyson has received at least a quarter billion in direct subsidies that we know of, and more than $3 billion in supply chain subsidies. These subsidies don't reflect the reality of the U.S. farming landscape. According to USDA data, over 80% of farms are worth less than $100,000 total. Meat eaters. In some ways, the average meat consumer benefits from lower meat prices, but it's important to remember the meat industry's methods are also driving a whole slew of external costs, everything from extra illness caused by antibiotic-resistant bacteria bred on chicken farms, to elevated risk of heart disease and cancer from red meat, to money needed to clean up river contamination at the hands of pig farms. Totaling up these external costs lurking in the background and the true unsubsidized cost could be about $1.70 for every dollar we shell out for an animal product, according to the estimate in Meatonomics. A $2.70 McDonald's cheeseburger should actually cost $4.60. That $3 gallon of milk? Over $5 in actual costs. That $4.99 Costco rotisserie chicken, nearly $8.50. Subsidies to harmful industries like animal agriculture result in low prices in the short term, but larger costs in the long run. Criticisms of farm subsidies Most critics of farm subsidies point out that the money harms more people than it helps, especially the environment and public health. Let's dive into the many disadvantages of the programs. Subsidies redistribute wealth upward. Small farmers, especially family farms, struggle to keep up with the big guys. U.S. agriculture has been consolidated to the extreme over the decades. Up to 85% of the meat market has been cornered by just four companies. Unless you're courting farmers' markets or mom-and-pop groceries, your deli meat selection is likely directly supporting big business. Subsidies harm public health. 
The USDA recommends that half of your dietary intake should be fruits and vegetables, yet due to lobbying efforts, only a fraction of a percent of subsidies go towards these nutrient-rich foods, some of which admittedly are more expensive to produce. The vast majority goes toward meat and dairy products, whose overconsumption, among other factors, is linked to worsened public health outcomes. Subsidies harm the environment. The global meat industry emits between 15 and 20 percent of global emissions and takes up 35 percent of habitable land on the earth, yet it is heavily subsidized. If meat consumption in wealthy nations was reduced and we rewilded this agricultural land, we could sequester a further 100 gigatons of carbon dioxide equivalent, according to a 2022 climate change report. As climate analyst Christina Sewell writes, we can remove taxpayer dollars from animal agriculture, allowing the price of meat to rise to a level representative of the actual cost of its inputs and its wide-ranging externalities. Such a policy would allow freedom in both production and consumption, while organically driving demand for healthier and sustainable fruits, vegetables, and other plant-based foods. Subsidies harm other countries. As with everything else in agricultural economics, the real effects reverberate across borders. The heavily subsidized U.S. economy harms neighboring countries, especially Mexico and Latin America. As David Robinson Simon writes in Meatonomics, in virtually every developing country where local farmers eke out a living growing commodities that are subsidized in the United States, our policy contributes to reduced incomes, increased unemployment, loss of land, and a decline in quality of life. Why is the government paying farmers not to farm? In 1985, President Ronald Reagan signed the Conservation Reserve Program into law. This initiative was designed to pay farmers to stop using environmentally sensitive land as a way to stop soil degradation, essentially paying farmers not to farm. The program is different from other subsidies, as it's not related to keeping prices low, but to protecting the environment. In 2023, the program comprised about 5 million new acres of land. While the program is well-intended, it only protects land for about a decade, so any carbon gains are short-lived. The program also doesn't have substantial benchmarks for success, leaving doubt as to how much soil is protected and how much carbon is captured. Ultimately, it is a great idea that doesn't go far enough in helping both farmers and the environment. The bottom line, regardless of your dietary habits, it's easy to see how the disproportionate amount of farming subsidies that benefit the animal agriculture industry is harmful for public health, the environment, and small family farms. If you support a reduction or elimination of these subsidies, you can voice your concerns to your elected officials. Many of these subsidies take place at the local level, not just federal, so talking to city or state officials can go a long way. You just listened to What Farm Subsidies Are and Why They Matter, Explained, Part 2, by Bjorn Olofsson at sentientmedia.org. And I'm your host, Marian Erickson. If you'd like some other episodes that discuss farm subsidies, check out the following that I'll also link in the show notes. 405, Why We Need Price Parity Between Vegan and Non-Vegan Foods. 307, The Twisted History of Milk in America. That's a good one. 192, Biden Pledges $1 billion to Meat Farmers. Why Not Invest in Plant Protein? And 77, why White House must call for cutting U.S. meat production to tackle climate crisis. And please share this episode with anyone who might benefit. And thanks for listening.